Yo, so welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. I am your host, uh, Afro, Afro the Prince. And this is Unity is True to Me. You know, you already know. This is a podcast where we talk about everything about the sun that pertains to us unifying as African descendant people, as black people around the world. And through that unification, what can we do? You know what I'm saying? Because unity is true to me. It ain't new to me. We can push the world. We can push progression. We can we can really move needles. You feel me? Like this, this ain't nothing that I'm just saying. This is something that I truly believe. And each sector, each industry that we move the needle is 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 gonna break or make us in this whole diaspora world, in this this whole plethora of where we live. Uh, but today I want to talk about Tyler Perry owning or allegedly on the BET and VH1 and what that means for us. Because uh, we we never focus on a, a we. We focus on a me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's, it's to the point to where individual accomplishments don't pertain to the collective accomplishments, and which it really should. And Tyler Perry is one of the people who actually speaks about that a lot. Like, he, he tells you, I bought the foundation for Tyler Perry Studios in Atlanta on purpose to change the narrative of the black people, the which is known as the Black Mecca. It's starting to be known, Georgia, especially the city of Atlanta, is starting to be known as the Black Mecca of us, especially black Americans. And he's like, I did this on purpose. So every time that you wake up, you see that a black man can own his own a black man can further the narrative that he wants to and not what the industry wants to to the point to where you got to come to me if you want to film in this facility in this area you got to talk to me about leasing you got to talk to yeah I'm I'm swinging at power like like that's that's what that narrative is especially when you talk about the history of BET and them um being the umbrella for VH1 now what does that mean? So the history of BET, just to give you a brief background, it is black entertainment television because it was actually founded by uh, a black man. I believe his name is Robert Johnson, uh, to be exact. Don't misquote me at the time. But uh, with that being said, th- this is what it is. It started off black. In my opinion, if something starts black, it should stay black. If you if you're concerned about what we put out in program and, and on air television and music videos, if you're concerned about our narrative, uh, the way we're depicted in the world, shouldn't we control a, a portion or a part of what the industry sees? Shouldn't we have power over that and say, you know, this is the true depiction of black people worldwide. And this is the true depiction of black Americans. This is the true depiction of, of their black culture. You know what I'm saying? And this has the ability to be way much more than surface level things. So with these, with this alleged, let, let's talk about it, right? So the reason why this is alleged, because there are two resources that are Confirming and not confirming that Tyler Perry has officially finalized this deal with Viacom. Viacom is the known uh, owner at this time of only BET and VH1. So there are two article uh, resources, which is Fox 5 Atlanta and then HipHopVibe.com. 
Now, what Fox 5 Atlanta was mainly saying, that Mr. Perry was in a bidding war with a few high-class names in the industry. And I was actually surprised when I heard about the other names uh, versus the one that was spread across like Meta and Instagram because there was a, a, a Flash article of mainly saying that Tyler Perry was only in uh, a bidding war with Brian Allen, which is another syndicate-known uh, black man in the entertainment industry. But other names that came about was uh, Kenya Barnes, P. Diddy, and then 50 Cent. Now, the two names that highlight in my mind is P. Diddy and 50 Cent. And that makes sense because P. Diddy is trying to build, if you pay attention to him, Diddy is trying to build his own industry inside of television, inside of entertainment with uh, Revolt TV. So they rolling on the same path anyway. And I actually like I like a lot of the collaborations and cohorts that Revolt TV pushes and has on their platforms and even giving you opportunities. There's been moments where, like, Revolt TV has pushed out NLS to be like, hey, pitch your show. You could possibly get up on the network. And that's a that's a pretty mainstream platform as far as where people are looking when it comes to urban news, worldly news, or even just black entertainment and and what's going on in the celebrity world with black stars. Now, the other one was 50 Cent. Now, 50 Cent tells you all the time. He's like, bro, I'm one of the top TV producers of all time in my head. I got nine syndicated shows that are the reason that's holding stars up together. And this is true. He, He can talk his smack. It's true. Like, what do you really else watch stars for? Like, I believe Stars at the time prior to it moving, it had uh, Game of Thrones. But a lot of, I would say, the backing behind Stars, Stars streaming was the Power Series. So I could definitely see him wanting to own BT because now I got all of them. I don't need deals. I got everything. I've all, you know, green light gang is, is what he's calling his entertainment industry. Like I have everything I need. I just need that main, main corner. You know what I'm saying? Using power reference. I need that main corner to push all my product out here. And BET would be that perfect platform. And then it would be black on either way. Right. Um, I wouldn't necessarily be uh, defeated if any of these people um, got the rights and own BET, but you know, I'm, similar similarly happy that it was Tyler Perry. Now what you what you will hear is that to play the reverse of God's advocate, shout out to uh Nike Keys for coining that. And I like that term over devil's devil's advocate. God's advocate uh for the alternative is there there was always a notion of the impact and the narrative that Tyler Perry pushes and what he's became most infamous for. Right. And what he's came, what he became most infamous for was the Medea series, the Medea plays and the Medea movies. BET helped fund his first film, which is Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Now, if you just surface levels that, if you just leave that at the surface level, you'll be like, okay, why is the black woman mad? What is her struggles? Why is she feeling this way? And what is contributing to these emotions and the life that she is living? On one hand, when you on the other hand, when you watch the movie, you'll see uh, the notion of what the other side of the collective community says. Well, he paints the picture of even on a colorist standpoint, 
the the dark black man is the one who is aggressive. And it's the light-skinned brother who's always coming in and saving the sister, right? The, the darker black man doesn't love his black woman the same way the light, light-skinned black man does. There's a, that was a narrative that was pushed around the Badia movies that uh, that this is a man in a dress. And, and that's a, a foreshadowing or, or, or door opening to a whole nother conversation about the black co- collective and masculinity. Now, another thing is, what you did see and what I can say, which is true, you seen one out of many social problems that we faced as a black community, especially as black Americans. Um, they, they shine the light on like a lottery ticket, anything that he's helped uh, produce. It shines the light on a lot of our struggles, constantly being in poverty, poverty predicament environments. Um, the shaming of black intelligence over the uplifting of black intelligence, uh, the dismantlement of the black family, the disenfranchisement, the dysfunction of the relationship that black men have with black women. All these things I put out in a lot of his movies, but certain people you probably wouldn't have known or even gotten their shot if it wasn't for him also in general. So that goes back to, is this really the, uh, rocket ship to the next evolution of black excellence and even in the aspects of black diversity and inclusion. I'm very, very big on that, which is why I always said, you know, this is why I call my show what it is. I want my people to be unified in the narrative that we can come together and we can be more than what people think we are. And there are differences, whether they are cultural, whether they are, um, economic whether they are legal doesn't stand in the way of us actually progressing as a people um but kiki palmer was one of those people who says that if it wasn't for tyler perry i probably wouldn't be the actress i am today because i got my debut in his first film which was was medea's family reunion now prior to that deal the the previous owners or alleged previous owners at this time was viacom viacom uh thanks to hiphopvibes.com, which is the other reference, says that they were paying Tyler Perry $150 million to make content, which is where you get the deal from BET Plus because they're trying to bring back people to watching BET. Because a lot of people was, was pushing away from cable and that whole syndicate of television. A lot of people wasn't watching it. I wasn't watching it. So they needed someone and something to try to bring those black faces, black eyes back to BET. Now, uh, during the, the content deal, he actually expressed that he was interested in buying BET um, when Paramount Global announced that they were selling the majority stake in the company. Now, this is what I always told black people on whatever topic I talked about. Um, and this is especially true for business. Be very aware of the terminology that people use in articles and contracts. Because what you may hear may be a bre- abbreviation of the truth. So what you're hearing as the main caption of the article is Tyler Perry owns BT and whatever under the umbrella of BT. What this article actually says is that 
Viacom announced that they're selling the majority stake in BT and whatever falls under the umbrella of BT. So that doesn't mean that they don't own any of BT if this version of the article is actually true. But it is true that Tyler Perry will own the majority stake. So think of it as like Viacom is saying, I'm going to sell whoever, or in this instance, Tyler Perry, 51% of the country, 51% of the a company, and I'm going to own 49. Now, there are so many meticulous clauses and things that you can put in a contract depending upon where the outcome of BET will go when Tyler Perry does acquire it. There can be a buyout clause. There can be a um, there can be a uh, defamation of character of the company, basically. So that means, like, if we feel that you are being a flawed CEO, we at some point have a uh, litigation to remove you from power. Like, so, so you got to look at this versus just the the blank statement and the surface statement of Tyler Perry on the BT. Now. What Irby Web, which is everything Herbal Radio Scope, which is a, another outlet that I ran across, says that he owns BT Media Group, which owns uh, VH1. And this deal was closed at a $400 million uh, contract. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Now, when you talk about when we get past all the technicals that I mentioned and uh, the other avenues of possibility, let's talk about it frankly. When you talk about it frankly, this is the opportunity to really change the entire spectrum of what our Black experience will be what our black stories will be, what our black narratives will be, uh, what our black franchise face will be. Because I had a I had a conversation when I went to, uh, it's called Coco Club. It's a networking club. It's, it's a space for black diversity. So there are, I met a brother from Dominica. I met a brother, a sister from Belize, a Nigerian brother, you know what I'm saying? All these different pieces of, of black excellence from around the world. We come together in the city of Chicago and we say, hey, these are our experiences. And a lot of our experiences are truly collective. We're, we sit in a space and say, yes, we feel this way. Yes, we we experience this as, as an African man, whether you're directly from the motherland or you are a descendant. You know what I'm saying? From Latin America, the black experience, all that we're, we're sitting here talking about this. And to me, BET can be that mainstream avenue to where you start telling um, Black history in the Caribbean off of BET because it's a mainstream platform. You start telling um, not those down, degrading, commercialized stories of Africa. You start telling stories on a Black entertainment television network of the excellence of the African countries, what Nigeria, Lagos in Nigeria looks like, what Cape Town in, in South Africa looks like, what Maswana looks like, like the beauty of all these places that we reside. Even in Black Britain, you can start highlighting and, and giving a, 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 a true avenue for Black Britain actors who are already coming over here and showing you that they got talent. 
Um, you see that with Franklin Saint, um, the brother of Idris who plays Franklin Saint, who's a black Briton. Like you, you see these things. So this can be expounded on so many levels, and this can be an avenue for black economics. A lot of people never think about how much money we're putting in into subscriptions, how much money we're putting in into music, how much money and revenue that we can really make a 360 when it comes to impacting our black pockets, our black wealth, our black wallet. Um, to me, as talking as an African man, this is truly a window for the progression of African people, uh, African descended people. Like, like this is truly one of those things like, yeah, we can, we can make a move if you do it right. And you build uh, jobs. You need data entry text. You need everything that is foundational in a, in a regular business. You just added that to television. Then you have the whole production side. You have the videographers, the musicians, the producers. Like there's so many jobs that you can now push and create and give a constitutional avenue to uh, your people. Because again, I always say, well, if you're good at what you do, that's the talent's going to show. You know what I'm saying? So I can hire this person to hire that person, but we can also create a new foundational narrative around black work ethic because now we're, we're only in the mainstream television. So we all that um, CP time, color people time, uh, black people don't know what's up to work and, and all those negative narratives, especially about black Americans, black Americans being lazy. All those things will be dispersed when you show that when we operate in ownership and operate in unity, we, we move it. It's, it's nothing but up. Um, so with that being said, that is pretty much my, my piece for today. I really just wanted to, to shine a light on possibilities because I feel like we don't talk about the possibilities we have even in ownership and working together. Because um, I remember when the article came out about Tyler Perry being in a bidding war with uh, Brian Allen for uh, BET originally. And when I heard that, I was like, why are y'all in a bidding war anyway? Y'all two black people trying to buy back. Remember, buy back. Not own something that we didn't already own. Buy back a black-owned entertainment television network. So in my mind, it wouldn't have mattered. I would have went to Brian Allen and would have been like, hey, what what is your perspective? What is your vision for BET going forward in the future, in the next 30 years, 20 years, the time that we have on this earth? Then I would say, okay, do I align with that? And if I tell you my vision and my purpose, is there any space for me? And if we truly want to say that it's about us, to me, it wouldn't have mattered to an extent. That's just that's just how I operate. I operate in cooperative economics. Like I, I don't do that whole yo yo vision can't fit within my limelight. Now, if it just doesn't align, it doesn't align. But that don't mean that you can't have a space or a seat at the table. I gladly leave you alone in however your space is, but. 
if you're going to agree to say that we are a collective, then there's no way that you can say, I agree that we are a collective and then don't operate in a collective mindset. That don't make sense to me. You're not operating in your truth, big dog. So I'm going to need you to get it back together. And that's just how I really operate now. Like, I don't, I don't have time to be like, man, I'm trying to make this point and that point to you. I told you what it is. I told you that I'm trying to build a unified standpoint and point of mind. I do not need you to be exactly like me. I don't need you to believe that you're an African. That's fine with me. But I need you to believe that when we wake up, when I wake up, that you see your brother, I see my brother, you see your sister, I see my sister. We see the collective village because we always talk about it takes a village to raise a child. Our children are passing away. Our children are dying, whether they are Jamaican, whether they are Black American, whether they are Canadian, whether they are African, whether they are Black Britain, whether they are Caribbean, whether they are Afro-Latino, like we as a collective are still facing a lot of our same majority problems. So for you to come to me and be like, oh, you don't understand this. Y'all don't understand that. I'm better than you. You better than me. Well, if you better than me, how we got the same problems? Because apparently the society that you face and don't see it that way. They still want you to fall in line. So unity has to be the main cohort. It has to. It doesn't have to be the, the bottom line. You know what I'm saying? I understand that people of the religious faith have different aspects and avenues. Rastafarians don't believe the same thing the Muslims do. Christians don't believe the same thing the Muslims do. The Baptists, and that's weird, they don't believe the same thing the Muslims do. And this is black. Catholics, they don't believe the same thing. And then you got us as spiritualists. We practice African spirituality, so we don't we don't operate the same as a Christian does. We don't operate the same as a Muslim does, but what I will say is that when it comes to uh, our experience as a diaspora, wanting our lives to be better, that's something that we all agree upon. I ain't met a black Christian that ain't said he don't want his people to be better. I ain't met a black Baptist that said he didn't want his people to be better. I ain't met a black Muslim that said he didn't want his people to be better. Or our kids. Or a Rastafarian. Or uh, a voodoo priestess. Or a uh, priestess of Ifa. Uh, none of that. So, if I'm collectively hearing that we want the same goal, okay, let's get to the same goal. And the, the, to, to end it, that one avenue of getting to the same goal is black entertainment television because now you what 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 does that do you are truly controlling the space to where do we really need a love hip-hop like like let's let's be real i i don't i'm not knocking you for watching it because you're talking to a brother you're talking to a brother who went through his evolution bro i was watching black ink crew on a daily basis, I knew when the new show dropped every Monday, every Wednesday. Um, I had a plethora lineup from Love and Hip Hop Miami to Love and Hip Hop uh, New York to Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Like I was right there when when Ray J was getting into it with Princess, uh, Young Jock was getting out there, bro, bro, Mimi, like all that. I was watching it all. Uh, the owners of Blackie Crew Chicago, like man, I, what? Well, I was watching this stuff collectively and daily, right? But that was before I took off and put on the magic glasses. Because once I put on magic glasses, I started to see that, yeah, we argue, but yo, we ain't we ain't this wild. Like we not. 
Love you about Miami and, and bro, Becky Crew. Like, bro, we 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 as a mass got way more sense than that. Even though I know we 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 got issues, we truly got way more sense than that. And I just started to be like, yo, this is toxic because all this is saying to the world, because the world is actually watching um cable TV programs and mainstream programs that they think we really act like this on a daily basis and we don't. This is like 20% of our collective and the 80 that don't even operate that way. So the 80 that don't even operate that way isn't in the limelight by the 20 that is that is perceived to be acting a fool is shown to the rest of the world. And I was just like, yeah, I can't, can't really entertain that no more. You know what I'm saying? I just I couldn't do it. I got tired of seeing uh, black women fighting black men because they don't, you know, they don't want to get it together or relationships ending and all this stuff. Because I'm like, bro, that narrative I don't like that is that is pushed. I'm not saying there aren't, aren't implications and there aren't truths to that, but it's it's not all that, bro. And I'd be damned if I'm finna believe that. That's what it is. And I know, you know, there's there's other sides of the story. There's other possibilities. There's positive black love. There was an entire show, a network uh, that was pushed out of uh, Oprah Winfrey Station called OWN, called Black Love. And they expressed that, yeah, we had trials and tribulations, but black love was the center. And it progressed us through so much. And that black love is real. Like there is it's an entire show based on black love. So you're not gonna say and tell me that that I don't it's cap to me, bro. Straight like that. But um that's my piece though. That's that's really my piece. If you if you gain any positive information, if you truly love the show, man, hit the share button, hit the like button, follow us on YouTube, Facebook. Unity Trudy Me Podcast, YouTube, Unity Trudy Me Podcast. You can follow me specifically, the host on TikTok, Afro underscore the Prince. Uh, same on Instagram, Afro underscore the Prince. On TikTok, it's Afro the Prince. And then on Instagram, it's Afro underscore the Prince. But you know, it's Afro the Prince. I'm your boy Afro, and I will holler at y'all later. Uh, appreciate everybody for listening. Make sure you go check out our podcast. We're on Spotify. We are on Spotify. Check out our podcast on Spotify and on Apple. But.